Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Don't be a do-it-yourselfer. Expand Mm -hmm. your network. Share what you're doing with people. Learn from people who are where you want to be and really develop and nurture those relationships. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Best ever listeners, welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Slocum Reed, and today we are joined by Ryan and Dr. Francesca Byrne. They are based in Dallas, Texas. Their company is the Cashflow Capital Club. Dr. Byrne is a full-time practicing pediatric cardiologist, and Ryan is a full-time multifamily investor and operator. They acquire value-add apartment deals in Dallas and in the South Carolina and Georgia markets, a few markets within those states. Their current portfolio consists of over 2,000 units worth of limited partnership positions. They also actively manage over 800 units worth over $100 million. Ryan and Dr. Byrne, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're currently focused on? Absolutely. Francesca, you start. Dr. Byrne, I should say. Yes. Hi. So as you mentioned, I'm a full-time practicing pediatric cardiologist, as well as active in our cash flow capital club. So we find and buy underperforming mom and pop apartments, typically around 50 to 200 units. And then we have systems and people in place to help it operate smoothly, efficiently, to get it financially into a good perspective. And we bring in other professionals to partner with us in these multifamilies, people who want to be equity partners and who want to be involved in a meaningful way without the hassle and headache of doing it alone. And in doing so, they have greater returns with with less risk. That covers it in a nutshell. My background was in mergers and acquisitions, Wall Street. I had a financial perspective coming into this. We have always been investors our entire lives. We were opened up to the world of real estate. We liked all the benefits that real estate had to offer. And we always had our eye on multifamily. We saw the benefits. We saw the differences. But at the time, this started 12 years ago, 
we were learning and trying to figure things out. And we started in single family and we had all the education we needed. And we finally found a way into multifamily. And now that we're in this space, it is our moral imperative and our our ethos of what we're doing is to make sure people have access to these types of opportunities in a way that we didn't when we started. Both outside of real estate and inside of real estate, we knew of it, but we didn't really know how it worked. And Cashflow Capital Club is bringing network of investors who share our long-term mindset and are want to go after those asymmetric returns where the returns are much higher than risk associated with our investments. And that symbiotic relationship of equity partners and operators were both better off in better places than we were working siloed and alone, trying to figure things out and really opened up just so much opportunities for what we're allowed to do and, and allowed to achieve. So it's been great to us. It's been great for our investors also. That makes a lot of sense. The 800 units that you all actively operate, are those all in Dallas? A majority of them are in Charleston in Savannah. We operate and partly own with our investors, 145 in Augusta. So we have a partnership where our partners actually live in Charleston and we're able to visit all of our assets in one day out of Charleston. So they're within driving range. Nice. So you all have limited partner positions as well as being in the general partnership of 800 units. So is Cashflow Capital Club primarily about funding the deals in which you're in the general partnership where you all are active general partners, or are you also raising capital for some of your limited partner positions? No, the limited partner positions was our earn while we learn approach to all of this. If you want to tell the story of how our hand was forced into multifamily, we were in single family and then had reached a ceiling on what we can do in that space. Even though we had capital to deploy and invest, our lending options started decreasing with every single family home that we purchased. So in an effort to stay allocated and invested in real estate, that's kind of our first exposure into multifamily was as limited partners in these assets before we got enrolled in the active side. Does that answer your question? It does. What took you all to South Carolina and Georgia from Texas for your apartment acquisitions? Two of our colleagues, John and Sam Wells, who we've known for close to a decade, they were on the learning side also, doing the education. They were also investing in multifamily, just like we were. These are two individuals that we were masterminding with over the years, both on the real estate side, the multifamily side. And we were investing as limited partners in some of the things that they were bringing to the table. And then as their activity increased, and as I guess the opportunities increased on what they were acquiring, it made sense for us to work together so that we could go after some of these opportunities more easily. Working together allowed us to fill some of the gaps and needs and things got a lot more attractive once we've made that partnership and working together. 
John and Sam Wells live in Charleston. And as you know, your access is directly related most of the times to how valuable and how extensive your broker relationships Mm -hmm. are. Those relationships to build took about a year and a half to two years in those markets before we put ourselves at the top of the broker list. And then once that happened, it sort of flipped where we no longer had an opportunity need, then we had a capital need because like the opportunities started outpacing our capital. And that's when we opened, we decided to form Cashflow Capital Club. That grew because as we organically were sharing some of the opportunities and things that we were doing with families and friends, we saw the appetite that was there of people saying, wow, how do I do this? I want in. And then we realized, wow, there's a lot of people that would want to participate in something like this, don't have access to it. And we have a way to kind of bridge that gap. Yeah, that was such an eye opener because you reach out to family and friends, you're not sure what the interest would be, who would want to participate. Uh, to us, we had a gift. We put this in front of us like, can you believe this thing I have? It's like, do you want to do this with us? And I think our first deal, when we opened it up to our personal network, the need was $4.5 million, And that came in, in in less than 72 hours. And we would be doing a disservice to the people that we knew if we had something of this benefit that was setting people up for in their financial lives, offering them what we're all after is smart, intelligent investment opportunities without the risk, without the headache, the hassle. It would be selfish and it would be a disservice to the people we knew. And that's kind of what brought us to the 800 units that we're managing today. Dr. Byrne, when did you all start raising capital and acquiring larger deals? Well, what is defined as a larger deal to you? Let's say, when did you enter that 50 to 200 unit space? Right out the gate. How long ago was that? How long ago? Oh, that happened two and a half years ago, two years ago. Yeah. About. Gotcha. So we're talking. uh, January 2022. Yeah. Two years ago. Gotcha. Just under two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, our focus was always on that 100 unit size. The main reason being is we communicate with other multifamily operators around the country regularly to learn best practices, to learn from other operators' pain points. A recurring theme always happened when we talked to other operators was the complexities and the hassles that people were dealing with in that 20 to 50 unit acquisition, especially with regards Mm -hmm. to property management and how much time was required. In addition, that hundred unit gave us the scale to put personnel in place and hire best in class property management. You almost need that many units to attract that type of talent. Scale, the efficiencies. Yeah. That's been a lifesaver and As we've expanded, we've been able to attract more talent because of that. We didn't have to go and reinvent the wheel when it came to things like property management and scrambling to find a property manager with every acquisition. So that was about two years ago. Gotcha. Yeah. So started these acquisitions at the beginning of 2022. This question may end up focusing on your earlier acquisitions. We are recording in the fourth quarter of 2023. 
So you're just under two years with your first acquisitions in this space. 2022 and 2023 have been very interesting years in lots of ways. Tell us a bit about your business plans on the deals you have acquired and how those have gone, given everything that we've experienced the last couple of years. For us, phenomenally, our buying criteria is extremely disciplined. So along the way, we've been cherry picking things that have the highest opportunity for value add, the least amount of complexity when it comes to what needs to happen to improve the operations of that apartment building. And we've been able to bring property management in-house. That gives us control on the execution of the business plan. And I think it accelerates the timeline on that execution also, because property management is something that we control. They're on board with what we're doing and what needs to be done with every acquisition we do. So that has been beneficial. And then we're low risk profile people. We don't want that in our lives. So when it comes to financing, we chose certainty in these deals where we're using fixed rate financing. So we didn't get hit with the problems that other operators are facing where they're doing these rate cap buy downs every year and rates have gone from three to eight to whatever percent. And then the things that we're acquiring are operational plays. Mm -hmm. They're missing the right people. Mm -hmm. So rents are low. There's room to bring those up. You put the people in place to do that and really light turns. So we're not doing any heavy renovation. And then location, being in the right place where people want to live has really been key as well. Yeah. And just picture the type of apartment complex that we're buying and who is running it. Many of these properties have been owned for 10 to 20 years and are being run by a do-it-yourselfer who's approaching their 60s and 70s and has a wonderful asset in a great location whose tenants are being ignored and neglected. And in order to make his life easier or her life in some cases, there is no rent increase. There cannot be any rent increase. We've seen cases where rents haven't increased in 10 years. If they increase the rents, then they would have to start taking care of their tenants, God forbid. Dr. Byrne, I've acquired a couple of properties like that myself here in Cincinnati, Ohio. We have a pretty sophisticated listener base that's fairly familiar with the value add business plan when it comes to commercial multifamily. So you've chosen markets in the Southeast that are growing, where you have local partners who can help with those brokerage relationships. You're acquiring properties where the value add play is operational. Get the right people in place, tweak a few things and you can increase rent. And you're going in with conservative underwriting that includes long-term fixed rate debt. What kinds of returns were you projecting when you were raising for these deals? For our equity partners, we want to have average annual return above 20% if everything goes wrong. So we will underwrite and forecast much higher expenses than we're expected to pay. We'll strip out market rent growth. We'll put our timeline 
three times of what it has taken. And we want our investors in that scenario to have an average annual return of 20% over five years. So we are by design under promising what we have in our mind of what we're seeing, because we're in a market like Mount Pleasant, where the year over year rent growth has been between 10 and 15% over the last five years. Our underwriting standards have it at 3%. Same with Savannah. Savannah is in the exact same situation. No inventory, mm-hmm. employers moving there. People don't have places to live that are well-maintained and operating well. We're using the same rent growth there in that market as underwriters would in places like Ohio and Kansas and other non-explosive markets when it comes to rent growth. So we're giving ourselves a lot of wiggle room to pleasantly surprise investors. And it makes our job easier on the capital side when we do that. It's one less thing that we have to worry about when we come across an opportunity is the capital need when we can leave that much meat on the bone for everyone to experience, to share, I guess. When was your last acquisition? We closed last month. We did 176 units in Savannah. And then a month before that, we did 160 units right across the street. The 160 units were three small complexes, one owner. And then I think in... March of this year, we closed on 162 units in Savannah also. So all those units, the beauty of it was, is that they're all within a mile radius of each other. And when you have the infrastructure lined up in that area, you just hit the ground running on these. And so we were very fortunate in how we come across these opportunities. It's a fantastic to think about is one deal more or less leading to the next deal, leading to a relationship. It kind of seems fluky in a way, but it's a relationship-based business, both on the opportunity side, operational side, the investor side. It's 100% relationships for us. Mm -hmm. The capital side, I mean. That makes a lot of sense. You were quoting an average annual return of 20%. It's a very useful metric. It's simple and it makes a lot of sense at the end of the deal. Similar to equity multiple, an average annual return of 20% over five years is doubling your money, an equity multiple of two. The industry standard metric in this case would be internal rate of return, IRR. And I know most people who are doing deals like the ones you're talking about will have an IRR in the mid-teens with their 2023 acquisitions, especially given the interest rates that we have experienced. Now, depending on the business plan, depending on the property, saying this out loud for myself as much as for the listeners and as much as to ask the question, when a business plan involves all of the gains coming with the liquidity event at the end, that's going to make the IRR much lower than the average annual return. But if there are steady cash flows along the way, or if there's a cash out refinance early on, it's going to juice that IRR because the IRR takes into account the time value of money. Speaking to primarily to people who know these things already, it's still helpful for me to say them out loud to myself every once in a while. What kind of internal rate of return were you projecting for these deals? Say 15 to 18% on these deals. And the key is 
your projected return is just a number. More importantly for investors who are listening to this are the assumptions behind those returns. What are you assuming is going to be there? So if you're assuming a refinance to get that IRR, good luck because two years, it looks completely different today than it did two years ago. So our assumption is taking the most conservative assumption to get to that IRR is a five-year hold with a sale with no refinance. So we leave that refinance option, which is the ultimate play, at least for us, our preference number one as an exit strategy for capital is to do a refi enroll. It's tax advantageous. It boosts that IRR through the ceiling. From an IRR perspective and an assumptions perspective, that's what we're looking at too. I just wanted to add that piece in there because you know how mm-hmm. important the IRR is and how much speculation is required versus how much certainty is there. Of course, anytime you're talking about the future, there's going to have to be some speculation involved. Yeah. And the refinance speculation, that's big. If your IRR depends on that, we're talking about a totally different opportunity, aren't we? Mm-hmm. If you're able to, that's gravy on top. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You spoke about focusing on assets of a size that allow you to hire top quality on-site staff. How is it that you've been making sure that you're getting top quality staff for your buildings? We'll go to plenty of masterminds that focus on property management and asset management. 90% of people in the room are learning how to do property management. In our meetings, we have our weekly meetings with our regional property manager. And we just thank the heavens that we were able to attract someone with 20 years of property management experience to work directly with us on these so that we didn't have to go through that learning curve that everyone else did. And that was a relationship based because we were networking and speaking to other operators, we were able to get a referral for her. She came with systems, procedures, training in place. And then this may be true or not, but when the personnel on ground are working directly with you and they share your vision and goals, there's better execution there. There's more harmony, I think, in that business plan than hiring third-party property management with their personnel working for them kind of through Mm -hmm. you at your direction. But 100 units allows us to put one property manager on site full-time, one maintenance person on site full-time with a regional overseeing them. We'll get back to the show with a first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Deciding how to invest your capital is more challenging than ever. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company with a solid track record and that has thrived through various economic cycles. Companies like BAM Capital. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator that has delivered a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has never missed a preferred payment, never lost an LP's investment, and never called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital is currently raising capital for a fund designed for accredited investors targeting a 15 to 20% IRR and a 2 to 2.5x equity multiple to its investors over a three to five year hold period. If you're an accredited investor and you want to learn more about multifamily investment opportunities with BAM Capital, visit capital.com. 
thebamcompanies.com. Again, that's capital.thebamcompanies.com. Are you a real estate investor struggling to streamline your property management? Are you tired of juggling multiple systems to effectively manage your portfolio? Meet Rentec Direct, your ultimate solution for automating management tasks, reducing errors, and most importantly, saving you time. Rentec Direct offers an all-in-one platform for accounting, marketing, tenant screening, rent collection, and much more. And the best part? You're never alone. With U.S.-based live support and award-winning customer service, Rentec Direct is the partner you need to streamline your property management so you can focus on what's most important, growing your business and getting more deals done. If you're an investor looking to grow your portfolio, join the more than 15,000 investors and landlords who manage real estate assets totaling more than $200 billion using Rentec Direct. Just go to rentecdirect.com forward slash best ever and sign up for a free trial. Plans start at just $45 a month and you'll receive 20% off your first year just for being a best ever listener. That's R-E-N-T-E-C direct.com forward slash best ever for 20% off. I'd like to get a little bit in the weeds here. Ryan, Dr. Byrne, I am looking at similarly sized assets here in the greater Cincinnati area. I owner operator primarily properties smaller than that, and we're built for remote management. But I've been looking into the pricing of managing properties that size here. So I'm curious, and I'm pretty sure this will add value to a lot of our listeners as well. When you're looking at that on site maintenance person, that on site leasing person for these properties, I'm going to lead into an answer to this question, guys. But what kind of salary range? are you seeing for those things? And what is it that you're doing to incentivize the best people to work for you? Is it just pay more? Or are there other things that you're doing to help attract that top quality talent? We're keeping our ears open. And the things that the people that we hire say, they're comparing their work life now to what they had experienced in the past. One of the main things is they want to feel important, they want responsibility, and they take great pride in their work. So keeping and attracting that level of talent, because we're pulling them from other operations in the area who are not satisfied. They don't have access to the people that employ them. People that employ your property manager on the ground, they can't get a hold of. They aren't given the tools necessary to succeed. Some of them, they want their ideas heard. And I think that's been really helpful. Salary rise depends on the region. We've been between 40 and 60,000 with- That's why I'm asking specific to your region. What is standard? And then how does what you pay compare to that standard? That's a good question. I don't know what the standard is. I know what we pay and that pay is between 40 and 60,000 for a property manager. And then with maintenance personnel? Maintenance, I think we're at 40-ish thousand also. How about you? What are you paying in Ohio? I don't have any on-site leasing people. Thank you for asking, by the way. It's not often that a guest asks me a question. You're always learning. This may be of value to you all, but I use a lot of virtual assistants and I handle everything remotely that I possibly can. Part of the reason for that is that I came up through more conventional means, started with a house hack for family, 
bought smaller multifamily, got into medium-sized multifamily from there. So as my portfolio scaled through those asset sizes, I went from doing everything to building a team around me that could handle all of the tasks that I either wasn't good at or that I ought to delegate so that I could optimize my time. So I've had a very different approach to those kinds of things. I have remote virtual assistants handling the leasing process, not making the leasing decisions. I decide what the rent is. I approve the listings. I approve the applicants and review and sign the leases. But doing all of the legwork to make sure that every inquiry gets a response, that every prospective tenant is pre-qualified before we schedule a showing so that we're not wasting anyone's time, especially ours. And then processing applications, all of those things are being handled for me remotely. So my boots on the literal ground needs are very little. And typically when you're putting a leasing person on site, they're handling that whole process. Okay. But I would say that the expected salaries are going to be higher in Cincinnati than what you're referencing. It sounds like you are actually the regional property manager. That would be your position. And it sounds like that would be a full-time role for the assets that you manage. We started doing third-party property management a year ago, in part in order to scale the management portfolio to increase revenue, but increased revenue means increased resources, which means that we can do a better job of managing for everyone. Exactly. And that's part of why I wanted to ask, because my methods for getting these things done have been fairly unconventional. And within the apartment syndication space, what you're doing is a lot more conventional, traditional than the way that I've been doing it. And I'm sure you've noticed, if you've talked to enough property managers, your best in class third-party property management will even tell you, when you have 200 units, come to us. <laughs> it's like, they don't even want to, oh, yeah. the 35 and the 50 and the 60, it's like, that's not, that's not what we, like, there's nothing there for us. So you're like, well, shoot, I want these guys working for me. How do I get them? So there's pros and cons of being in these high demand markets. One, to break in is going to take a lot more underwriting and a lot more LOI submitted, where you're going to be at 150 to 200 LOIs per deal, especially in your first one, until you are up on the broker list. You'll get easier access and you'll hit the ground running in these lower markets. But the other thing, the rents, you're working at a lot higher operating margins in these areas. You're receiving premium rents when many times, many of the expenses are going to be the same or equal. We have that experience being operators in Mount Pleasant and Savannah versus being in Augusta, where expenses are identical. The asset class is identical. The only thing that's different is that there's a 50% rent premium on Savannah and, and Mount Pleasant operations. So those are two things that will help your cause too. Whenever I talk to my colleagues, they have a full-time job, most of them. The analogy I like to use is that let's say I'm a solo practitioner. I want to have my own practice. I can't do that by myself. It takes a village, right? So I need a biller. I need a scheduler. I can outsource those, have those elsewhere, or I can have them in my office. I need an MA. You need that team. And although you can maybe save some pennies on the front side, if you have a team that is functional and that makes the patients happy, makes my referring physicians happy, I'm going to ultimately get more business that way. 
So by focusing on the team itself first, that helps in my case or in a physician's case, the practice work better, but it's the same analogy for what we're doing on this side as well. Yeah. And we couldn't have gotten there with that scale without sharing our story and sharing what we're doing with people who didn't have exposure to it. The equity partners have helped us get to that scale. Like I said, us by ourselves, we were shopping owner-occupied fourplexes and we just think, wow, that would have been crazy. (laughs) And when we started going to the meetups and these masterminds and seeing what people were doing, it allowed us or gave us permission to move forward with larger assets, even though mentally it seems like that's not for me, not yet. It has made our lives so much easier from all those perspectives. It got easier. There was less risk and it required less of us and put much of the responsibility and execution on people who have been doing it their professional lives. That makes a lot of sense. Are you all ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, we are ready. What is the best ever book you recently read? Best ever book we read and we recommend and we give as gifts is Real Estate Raw by Bill Ham. That book is so easy to read, understand, and capture exactly what multifamily value add. I love that book. What is your best ever way to give back? Part of our ethos and our, I want to say, it's a moral imperative at this point, is to let people know that they can participate in these deals with us. We know what financial security can bring to people's lives, both on an income perspective, a legacy wealth perspective, from putting people at ease and taking care of their families, allowing people to participate in the deals that we put together is our mission in life. It really is. Thus far on the commercial multifamily deals that you have done, properties you've acquired, what is the biggest mistake you've made and the best ever lesson that resulted from it? Did you say biggest mistake? Yes, biggest mistake. And the best ever lesson resulting from the mistake. This is hard and I don't like to say it out loud. I don't like the way it sounds, but when you're acquiring a inefficient operating asset, the biggest mistake we made was acquiring the people that came with it to run it, thinking that we would be able to do a 180 on how they were running that business for the last 10 years to something that we were used to. There was a lot of mental hurdles for those people. Learning curve was huge. Digging in the heels, it created an adversarial relationship right out of the gate because we're used to hitting the ground running. I think that that is a very difficult thing to do. I don't know how other People have successfully done that, but we found that it's not a skill that we have. That was a big mistake on our part. Fixable, very fixable, but slowed our timeline down by four months. Just trying to teach a person who has been set in their ways on 10 years of doing things. We learned a lot in that one. That makes a lot of sense. And what is your best ever advice? Absolutely. Best ever advice is to not be siloed. Don't be a do-it-yourselfer. Expand Mm -hmm. your network. 
share what you're doing with people, learn from people who are where you want to be and really develop and nurture those relationships. We don't know anyone in this space who's doing this in a meaningful way, who's doing it all by themselves. You will accelerate your growth and expand what you're able to do for yourself, your family, the people around you by expanding your relationships. And that has helped us tremendously. And it's not where we started. We had to learn that lesson the hard way. Last question, where can people get in touch with you? They can go to cashflowcapitalclub.com and learn more about us, request a link to chat with us and see what it is that we're doing. Yeah, you can submit an invitation request to join our network. We have good relationships with our investors also. We're very accessible. We follow that learn and earn approach with our investors, just like we did when we started. So go to cashflowcapitalclub.com. That link is in the show notes. Ryan and Dr. Byrne, thank you. Best ever listeners, thank you as well for tuning in. If you've gained value from this episode, please do subscribe to our show. Leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend you know we can add value to through our conversation today. Thank you and have a best ever day. Thank you for having us. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and Best Ever content? Well, if so, join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the Best Ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.